This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T. Xiaoik. It's our monthly open clinic show today. And we are discussing something that many of you probably suffer from or are suffering or, or have been uh, trying to deal with neck pain. And uh, I think this is a first for our open clinic show. We don't just have one doctor, but we have three um, healthcare professionals here to answer your questions. And uh, we have a multidisciplinary panel, in fact. So this is a a great opportunity for you to get your questions in when it comes to neck problems that you have been experiencing. And joining me on the show, neurosurgeon Professor Damendra Ganison, rehabilitation physician, associate professor Dr. Anwar Suhaimi, and senior physiotherapist Noor Shahira Binti Abdul Halim, all from University Malaya Medical Centre. And uh, yeah, get your questions in about all the neck-related aches and pains you've been experiencing, you can call us at 03-7733-2900, WhatsApp our U-Mobile number 018-789-8899 or tweet us at BFM Radio. Good evening to um, my guests today. How are all of you? Fantastic. Fine, yeah, thank you. Doing good. Uh, very rainy and gloomy evening out there. Uh, so for those of you stuck in traffic, drive safe. Uh, but also, like I said, get your questions in. Uh, when it comes to neck pain, I, I don't know a single person who doesn't uh, suffer from that complaint. Uh, you know, especially um, for those of us in the very uh, sedentary uh, desk-bound jobs, right? Uh, but I'm sure there are other kinds of uh, profiles that you deal of clients that you see as well in terms of um, their daily activities and routine. So please feel free to share those examples later on. But um, Damendra, perhaps um, you could give us a bit of an Anatomy 101 when yes. we want to understand what are we talking about um, neck pain. Uh, some people may may have a limited understanding of, of what the, the structures are involved. So yeah, if you could uh, explain to us how uh, these structures connected to the neck can also cause pain and discomfort. Yes, sure. Uh, it's quite interesting that you said, you know, m most people do have neck pain. I'll, I'll give you some statistics on that before I, I answer the question. I mean, it's said, right? I mean, studies have been done globally. The point prevalence of, of neck pain in the world, right, is about 10%. Mm -hmm. That means like any one point of time, at least 10% of the population in the world is having neck pain. And if you if you ex extend that a little bit more, annual pre prevalence rate is about 40% and a lifetime prevalence rate is about 50%, meaning that, you know, at least half people in the world will get neck pain at some point in time. So so that's the, sort of the incidence of, of, of the condition that we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. And we talk about uh, the neck itself. It's, it's a compact structure. There are a lot of important things in the neck. But one of the more, more important structures that actually cause pain would be the cervical spine. That's actually the structure that, that, that uh, sort of houses the, uh, the spinal cord. And spinal cord is a delicate structure, as delicate as the brain, but the brain is in the skull and the skull doesn't move. The skull is stationary, whereas the neck is the most mobile part of the spine. And it's still, you know, whenever you move, you, you, do, you don't feel tingling sensations in your arms or your legs. But yet you can, you know, look at a gymnast, for example, they do all kinds of acrobats mm -hmm. and, and they do not feel any, you know, the, the limbs are still moving. So that, that, that's how delicate the cervical spine is. And because of the mobility, right, it undergoes wear and tear and that brings about pain. Mm. Um, actually, 
maybe, Anwar, I'll put you on the spot a little bit. <laughs> um, why is neck pain so prevalent? Is it that we're all doing something wrong? Is it a modern lifestyle problem? Or are we just sort of evolutionarily not, not uh, you know, <laughs> uh, not st- uh, built or developed in a way that can support these lifestyles? Yeah, thank you for that. So I, I call on what Damendra has said. And I think, you know, when you probably will come to the realisation that, hey, we are spending more time doing certain things and that activity is not affected by the pain that we're having in our neck. So you're quite right. Probably it's evolutionary. Probably also the way we are living our lifestyle. So I'll just, I'll just you know, catch on the main restraint about prevalence and bring it to local. So a study that's done locally has looked at the main cause of disability. From 2007 and 2017, the main cause of disability in Malaysia is nothing sexy like cancer or motor vehicle accident. It's a good old low back pain. Mm. Neck pain has always been around number 10, but that's 2017. Fast forward, post-COVID, post-pandemic, we are seeing MCOs work from home. Even students are holding gadgets in their hands and spending more time on electronic gadgets. So we are looking down, we are looking, spending more time at the desk. And I think that's where the evolutionary part is. The, the lifestyle that we lead now makes us more desk-bound. And I think in a way that we are probably not equipped to spend that amount of hours on the desk without any preparation. So that's why we're here today to mm. discuss more about who's at risk, what can we do about it, and how can we prevent. Do you think that uh, in, I don't know whether it's thousands of years' time, <laughs> uh, our our skeletal structures will have evolved and, and we're all bent at the neck? <laughs> I'll be happy not there, not <laughs> being there to see what happens to us in thousands years. Uh, Chaira, yeah. um, what kind of uh, problems... Uh, or pain or symptoms uh, have you heard from clients related to the neck area? Okay, normally when they come to me, they will complain about like something dull, aching, insensation uh, when they're doing their house, uh, housework and uh, or like something, uh, some, some student, uh, they will say that... Um, when they have a prolonged uh, desk job uh, activity, they will say that they have some uh, dull ache feeling, some tingling in sensation when they stay in the uh, desk for too long. And uh, some of them also uh, claim that uh, when they sleep also, uh, the pain uh, become uh, more, uh, well, more... Yeah. All right. Mm. Uh, Damendra, do the different types of symptoms indicate uh, different structural problems um, because the that whole area of the cervical spine is also complex, right? There's there's joints, uh, there's nerves, there's muscles, ligaments, tendons. Absolutely, yeah. The, the, the I, I guess the conundrum where, where when you see a patient with neck pain, it, it's such a common entity that that you know the, there's a tendency to just dispel it and say, yeah, it's just another muscle ache. But but the role of the doctor is to tease out that that maybe 2 to 5% of patients who actually have sinister conditions. Mm. And this can, can, can range from infection, uh, tumours, sometimes certain, certain falls they have, they may develop some sort of microfractures and osteoporotic fractures and so on. So those conditions need like pretty, pretty urgent attention by the surgeon, whereas almost I would say 95% of the time is all due to the structures that you mentioned, like the joints, you know, which, which, which commonly undergo arthritic sort of changes as you get older. And uh, this prolapses either can be central, which can affect the spinal cord, and this can cause 
gait problems, difficulty to walk, fatigability. That means as you walk, you get you know get, get a bit tired. So so these are they call these myelopathic symptoms, meaning that the disc or whatever structure, bony structures are, are encroaching into the canal and pinching the cord. So you get leg problems, imbalances, unsteadiness. Mm-hmm. And the other common problem would be when the nerves are pinched because from the spine, nerves come out from the spine. So when these nerves are pinched, you get conditions like what Shaira just mentioned, shooting pain down your arm. And these are called radicular pain, which are due to these structures narrowing or encroaching onto the, the exiting nerve. Right. So, so, so yeah, so, so degeneration can happen most commonly in the disc or the ligaments thickening and pressing against the nerves and also the joints becoming rough. So all these structures can give pain. But most commonly, I would say it's muscle sprain. Muscle sprain meaning that, you know, if, if, if you don't sleep the right way or if you've been working too hard and you didn't focus on posture and ergonomics, which we'll speak on, and that can bring about this sort of pain. Mm-hmm. So for, uh, for the individual's... Uh, you know, from our layperson perspective, when we think of neck pain, like you said, we, we sort of are only limiting our definition to whatever feels uncomfortable in that region. Uh, but in fact, we might want to be looking out for balance problems. Problems, uh, and, and I was in my reading, um, would headaches even be associated with neck problems? Actually, it can because... Uh, the, the nerves, right, as they come out from the spine, they, they sort of spread out into the head. I mean, the upper part of the neck, they spread out up towards the head. And then the lower part, they spread out to the shoulder and the back, the shoulder blades and so on. So whenever you have a problem there, you can get headaches, for example. And vice versa as well. If, if somebody has got a brain lesion, say a brain lesion is lower down in the brain, and that pinches against the lower part of the, of the spinal cord, sorry, the lower part of the brain stem, that can also cause pain around the neck. And, you know, in certain conditions, like, for example, a cardiac problem, for example, if, if the patient does have symptoms of angina, they can also radiate up to the neck on the left side and then move down to the arm. So regional issues also can cause neck pain, but not, not as common. I think the most common would be what they call a cervical spondylosis and muscle sprain. Mm. So then, uh, Anwar, what, is there such a thing as sort of um, normal neck muscle sprain? And then when... Uh, when what or rather what are the red flags that should drive people to to seek medical advice then i I mean i have a question here uh from someone who asked you know i've sort of been living with no great low grade sort of discomfort and aching around the neck and upper shoulder area for years is it really necessary to to see a doctor so i think you know what we should be concerned first is are you that five percent five to ten percent who are actually you know having a sign and symptoms of red flags these are conditions that's potentially um, debilitating or can cause you know, serious damages if you were to delay this presentation. So the first thing that we'll do as a medical professional is to rule out that you have, either you do have red flags or not because that needs usually surgical intervention or at least to be seen urgently because time is nerve. You can't replace nerves. Mm. Okay? Now, that 90 to 95% is the one that you are sort of, you know, you have to tease out. And a lot of the times we can actually bring it down to either your lifestyle, your ergonomics, the way you do work on a daily basis, or sometimes you get referred pain. So yes, you did mention about headaches coming from the neck and there's some pain that goes from the neck down to the arm. So I think what is normal? Now, this is really an individual question. If it doesn't bother you in terms of function, a lot of people just brush it off and forget it. But my, my, my take is this, do get it checked. 
Um, and the acute neck sprain, uh, if it's not associated with things like trauma, not in the extremes of age, they're very old, they're very young, um, you know, and it's quite related to a recent strenuous event or physical strain or, you know, long hours of working, can be um, from what we call just a mechanical pain. But it shouldn't last more than what's normal for you, 24 hours, 48 hours? Some people normal is like six months. That's definitely not normal. Mm-hmm. So acute is really, if by definition, anything between four to six weeks. And it should subside slowly. Definitely not associated with the symptoms that Shari mentioned you know, about having tingling sensation down, um, down your arm or getting clumsy with your fingers. That's not normal. And of course, if it's losing your walking and uh, your, your um, you know, uh, feeling, that's definitely not normal. All right. Um, we have a listener who's asking prolapse discs. And, and you did mention that um, earlier, Damendra. Is there anything you could elaborate a little bit there? Yeah, the- the, the disc is like a cushion, right? I mean, there are seven cervical vertebras and, and, and the reason why the, the neck can move so much is because of that cushion and that cushion is the disc. So in the center of the disc is a gel and sometimes if you, if you pressure the gel too much, it will tear the lining and it will come out. So that's called disc prolapse. Mm. And if it's just a tiny one, we call it a bulge. There's nothing really much that needs to be done. But if it comes out to the extent and it presses against the nerves, then... We, we potentially need to do something about it. But but the key is, right, even if the discs disc come out and there's, there's some sort of neurology in the first instance, there's still room for conservative treatment. Not It doesn't mean as soon as you see a slip disc, it needs an operation. So I, I think that's a very important point. So slip disc is a common entity. And they, 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 you know it's, it's like a spectrum from a tiny bulge to, to a genuine prolapse that is pinching the nerve to the extent that the person is not moving the limb. Now, that, that probably needs attention. So it's a common entity. The extent and what needs to be done is varied. Mm-mm. So yeah. don't let that immediate automatic fear of surgery yes. put you off yes. from seeing, uh, getting help from a healthcare professional. Um, get your questions in. You can WhatsApp us, um, either a text message or a voice note at 018-789-8899. Call us at 03-7733-2900 or tweet us at BFM Radio. We're discussing neck pain and neck-related problems with Professor Damendra Ganesan, neurosurgeon, Associate Professor Dr. Anwar Suhaimi, rehabilitation physician, and No Shahira Binti Abdul Halim, a senior physiotherapist. We'll be right back on Health and Living, BFM 89.9. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Shaoik. My guests in the studio with me today, Professor Darmendra Ganesan, a neurosurgeon, Associate Professor Dr. Anwar Suhaimi, a rehabilitation physician, and No Shahira Binti Abdul Halim, a senior physiotherapist from UMMC. And we are discussing uh, neck pain. So call us with your questions 03-7733-2900 WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899 or tweet us at BFM Radio. We have the, a brilliant question here from Ling because this is exactly what I wanted to come back with. Um, do we go to the GP first or to a specialist like um, any one of you? Um, otherwise, it would be too expensive um, to see a specialist. And does the GP need to do an x-ray? Would that be sufficient to tell if we need further testing? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that first. So a lot of the times you can go to the general practitioner which will do the general screening, whether you are at risk or whether you have the red flags. Okay, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why we are up here. We want people to know that they are, at least what to expect. Um, getting an x-ray is not warranted all the time. 
So sometimes you, you request it so that you feel good that you don't miss a fracture, but a fracture is something that's quite obvious, you know, in the sense that they're from the history, from the examination, and more importantly, the complications from, from that. So depending on what symptoms you present and what the concerns are by the medical practitioner, they may order more than x-rays. X-rays just looks at bones. If you're interested in nerves, you'll go for higher end stuff. And that's probably where you end up on the desk of the specialist like Professor Damendra and myself. Mm. So a GP is a good stop. But here's the question. What would you get of your GP? So I think sometimes the communication needs to happen. You need to ask your GP, you know, what's going on? Where do you think is the cause of my pain? And if you're not happy with the answer, I'm not asking you to doctor shop. This is where I want you to go and see the specialist. You know, so if you've done, you've, you've done the first stop, right? You've gone and see the GP. Usually someone that you trust or you can get access to immediately. And then that's where um, uh, we take it from there. Okay. But then which specialist? Because um, I, I must say, usually I discuss neck, spine, back problems with an orthopedic surgeon, yeah. uh, none of whom are here today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but that's to say that um, it really depends on the cause of the problem, right? Yes. So how do we know which specialist to see? Then? So the triaging or the, the, the finding out the cause is usually can be initiated by a general practitioner um, and be escalated to the appropriate specialty. So I think um, the information that you have will be the one that will take you to the next level. So if there is a concern about red flags, and I mean symptoms that are including like numbness or tingling sensation, weakness, inability to control, control your sphincters, your waterworks, that means you're going to go straight to the surgeon. Okay. I, I, I like to just add a little mm -hmm. bit here. Uh, I, I think when you talk about neck pain, there is a big role for clinical medicine. I, I know there, there's, there's, there's always this, this thing about investigating the patients first, yeah. but actually, to be honest, there's no need. Because I, I genuinely feel in almost 95% of the patients with a good clinical history, in the sense you want to know what is the onset like, you know, and, and, and what is the nature of the pain, and what is the frequency, what is the duration, all, all, all these, these, these questions plus a little bit of physical examination to see what the strength is, what the sensation is, what the reflexes are, will tell you whether this patient has got a problem that needs to, needs to be seen by either an orthopedic spine surgeon or a neurosurgeon. I mean, both, you see, when you talk about spine, right? Orthopedic spine surgeons also do, but they mainly focus on the skeletal structure, whereas the neurosurgeons uh, practice mainly, uh, they, their focus is mainly on the nerves. But over the years, there's an overlap now, right? So, so, so both specialties do it. I think seeing the GP in the first instance is a very sensible thing to do. And, and many of the times, all these things resolve on their own. Even though you have a tiny disc prolapse or you have a muscle sprain, there's no need to distinguish the two because they both will self-resolve. And even if you see anyone, they, they, they're not going to do anything for that because it will resolve on its own. Never forget, the body can repair too. Mm -hmm. But Shahira, then um, when would somebody like you and Dr. Anwar come in in terms of perhaps speeding that recovery along or teaching your clients and patients how to prevent further injuries. Uh, so if we can take it back a step, Shaira, what do you do when somebody comes to you with a neck problem? Okay. Normally, I got referral from a GP. Uh, they came uh, with the uh, all sorts of complaints, like, uh, as I said just now. Uh, normally, with the exercise, the stretching, the strengthening of the muscle, it can help to reduce the symptoms. And uh, but this one uh, should be done. I mean, uh, I um, I mean, should be done uh, frequent as a frequent exercise because you cannot just come to me 
and you do during my session only but you go home you didn't do so you won't get the uh, results lah you have to do on your own at home mm. so then only normally i will uh, reduce the symptom okay mm. so we have to do our homework right yeah. and i think that's the most difficult part mm-hmm. though, yeah. in terms of getting people to um self physio at home yes mm. do the exercises um but also changing uh, things and dr anwar you will explain more in a bit changing things related to our posture or ergonomics that yeah. may take us out of that so whatever we are comfortable with doing right well it's not really a very uncomfortable thing to do when it comes to changing lifestyles but yes you're right so if i can take you a step back we start from prevention and that's where probably we want to you know start educating the public that there's a lot of things that you can do to prevent neck pain from happening especially now considering our lifestyle and our our the demands of our times and then you know once things happen we want to break the cycle so like the mandra said a lot of things are actually preventable you just want to hasten the recovery on the right track and at the same time not develop complications so complications can be functional complications it can also be psychosocial psychological complications you know a lot of catastrophizing a lot of anxiety and you know sometimes unwarranted panic when things don't go well right and then of course rehabilitation when it finally comes down to the point that you may need surgical intervention and that's a separate topic because it's a specialized thing so right now we are talking about neck pain in general there's a lot of things that we can do in terms of ergonomics just fixing little little things in our life that will add on to the stress on our cervical spine okay um Maybe we'll take one question uh, that a listener has sent in first before we come back to posture. Can you correct neck hump or curve, uh, or will it get worse and uh, be, uh, and uh, I might become totally hunched back as I get older? Uh, you see, that, that, that's actually a very very broad question. I mean, if there's a structural problem already with the with the cervical spine, then perhaps it might be a permanent thing. But if it's because of poor posture and the imbalances of the muscle, with with appropriate stretching plus strengthening exercises, you can rectify it. J- just I just want to add one more point that Shaira has made. Right? I mean, many patients think if they go to the physiotherapist for that course of like four weeks, they, they are done with it. I always keep telling them that that visit to the physiotherapist that 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 one month is an intensive physiotherapy to teach you a lot of stuff to get get rid of the primary problem. And then there must be maintenance, and then maintenance has to be done at home. You don't have to go to the physiotherapist again, and if you do not do that, there's a high possibility of relapse. Yeah, just 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 a point. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, it's got to be a constant, consistent thing. So it's not as painful as it sounds, but it just got to be consistent. But Chaira, do you see repeat clients because yes. they don't do homework? Ah, uh, yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> they keep coming back. Uh, because they say uh, normally they're coming for the um. Pain relief therapy, like electrotherapy. They said they don't uh, have this at home. That's why they come. Uh, for, uh, they come for us. Mm. Mm. But if you don't um, fix your your biomechanics and all that, yeah, um, the thing is, we still be there. Mm-hmm. So then, posture. Um, is there such a thing as the right posture and the right ergonomics? Definitely, there's you know, um, ergonomics is the trending word nowadays. You know, everybody's talking about getting the right ergonomics. But if if I can rephrase your question, is there such thing as a right posture? There's one, no one best posture. So now you see clever things being invented. You know, dice, a desk that can go up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, a adjustable workstation, and this is all part of recognizing that human body is made not to be fixed in one posture, in one single uh, position the whole day. So knowing knowing what is Um, the normal, knowing knowing what is safe, that is the knowledge that we need to impart 
on, on the public and then you make the adjustments with your specific job requirements, with your specific board built, you know, and your specific problems. So then what is normal and safe? Is there like a, um, uh, a spectrum? Um, well, let's just put it this way. Um, there is a guide how your eye, le- you know, what should be at eye level, where your hand should be placed and so on and so forth. But I can tell you if you're stuck in that position for the whole day, you will end up with <laughs> neck pain as well. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the, mo- the answer is be fluid. I'm going to sound like Bruce Lee. Be water, you know. <laughs> be be water. So you got you, you have moving, to, yeah. You got to you got to get moving mm-hmm. exactly. You know, stretch. And I think nowadays there is this thing um, called the Pomodoro technique. You know, so students who are studying, they're taught to take 20, uh, after 20 minutes, 25 minutes to take a break for five minutes, go out, stretch. That's exactly what we want people to do. Mm-hmm. You cannot be stuck doing something for the whole day. You are bound to get. Mm. So we are humans. We are not robots. We, mm. we, we have to get out. And so that's one uh, do uh, to to move around con- frequently mm-hmm. uh, during the workday, I suppose. Yep. Any other do's and don'ts, at least as as principles? I mean, if you... And you can see our office space here at BFM. We are open concept. Um, everybody's on display right now. Mm-hmm. Anything that we are doing wrong? Um, I wouldn't say right and wrong. I would say the principle is this. You will you will know what works for you after you make the adjustments. Okay, so there is, if you just Google up desk ergonomics, you will have definitely just all the suggestions laid out in front of you. You can start putting the easiest ones first and then build on that. Mm-hmm. And you will find um, how this will work, you know, after half an hour, one hour, are you still ending up with neck? pain and aches and of course certain things are just logical the amount of weights that you lift you know so proper ergonomics how you lift weights from uh, from your desk around around your job uh, workspace and not and do remember that work also involves what we do around the house you know so housework and and Uh, driver's seat you know, in your car mm-hmm. yeah so even when we move around with the show, our shopping trolley sometimes you just it's just nice to sit in the cafe and just look at people how they move around and you see a lot of funny postures that won't cost you much when you're still young and or you're just doing about you know five minutes ten minutes but you do end up getting that neck pain mm. sooner or later so what we like people to do is take a stop um of themselves so probably yeah go get somebody who takes a selfie of you for the whole day and see how you <laughs> slouch and hunch you know throughout the day and that probably be a bit more meaningful than just some selfies that you take um, and you know upload them but, but if a particular posture um, okay let's set aside the the fact that you do need to get up and move around take mm-hmm. breaks and, and but if a particular um, work posture you, you know somebody asked me once uh People always say I'm hunched, and uh, not to me, but somebody has complained that they are getting a lot of um, comments that they are, they are hunched over. But if for that person it doesn't cause pain or functional uh, problems, mm-hmm. is it a problem? Over the long run, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're really interested, you can just quickly Google this up, upper cross syndrome. So upper cross syndrome will give you a picture of somebody who's really hunched, curled forward, mm-hmm. neck sticking out. So basically, it's a combination of some muscles being weak and some muscles being tight. So understanding what is weak and what is tight then will help Shaira build a program where we stretch the tight muscles and we strengthen, strengthen the weakened muscles. So now, I give you a secret so you can Google it and see yeah. which muscles are now weak and tight and we can start working. So it's it's always good to come in with knowledge, you know. So this is this is knowledge sharing and empowering people to start taking care of their health mm. and hopefully you don't end up having, you know, nasty thing done mm. to you. Um, Damendra or Shaira, I'm not sure who who would want to take this, but 
we talked about uh, work positions and posture, but the uh, smartphone and device is so ubiquitous now and we have children stuck on it all the time as mm-hmm. well. Um, what Now, how do we look at posture? How do we look at taking breaks uh, when it comes to uh, device use? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you want to do that? Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, smartphone, is it? All right. Normally, when we look at our smartphone, we will look down, is it? So there's a bending over the spiker spine. So even there is a slight bend of the cervical spine also can uh, put pressure on the uh, spine. Mm-hmm. So this thing, um, uh, what you should do is, uh, what we advise, you should put the eye, uh, the phone eye level, but uh, people won't do it. Yeah. Okay, so maybe uh, like for like 15 minutes of uh, looking or onto your smartphone, you have a break and do some uh, next movement, relax, and then continue again. But normally uh, for children, they spend too much. Uh, I can see that some patient coming, even for uh, young people, they already like forward uh, in posture, forward shoulder posture, because uh, most of the time they spend time uh, like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I would advise is maybe... Uh, a part of uh, strengthening of the neck, stretching of the neck, some stretch for the uh, shoulder as well. Mm. Stretching it out as mm. you're talking as well. <laughs> I, I just want to add one thing, you know. I mean, I, I know some of the listeners will be saying that, you know, what are you guys talking about? The demands of the times are such that mm. you have to really work hard. That's right. I mean, many of, you know, from, from, from bankers to programmers, they sit on the chair like for hours on end, mm. right? Because that's the demand. It's not like they, they, it's their choice. Yeah. It's mm. because... Their, their vocation demands it. And and I completely agree because sometimes you you, you got to simplify some of these advice. And, and if you have to, see, I mean, there are two, two issues here. One's the infrastructure, like like the chair, the table, and, and so on, right? And sometimes the office wouldn't change any of those things for, for their employees by virtue of the cost, yeah. right? Uh, so you got to make do with, with whatever you can and, and do whatever fine adjustments. But the second thing that you can do is, like what we said, like posture, for example, mm. the key here is not to stay in that particular sedentary position for hours. Yeah. You've got to move in order to relax all the structures. I, I, think, I think that's probably the most simple advice. And if they attend the neck wellness forum that's going to happen over the weekend, we will share some, some tips on how to, how to get around this. Okay, stay tuned uh, to the end of our discussion today to find out more about this Neck Wellness Forum. Uh, but I think you get a bit of a sneak peek today. Uh, you you get an exclusive uh, scoop on some things and you can still call us or WhatsApp us with your questions for our open clinic segment today. Call us at 03 7733 WhatsApp us at 018 or tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll come back with a few more questions uh, related to posture and exercise. This is our Ask a Doctor segment on neck pain. Professor Damendra Ganesan, neurosurgeon, Associate Professor Dr. Anwar Suhaimi, rehabilitation physician, and Noor Shahira Binti Abdul Halim, senior physiotherapist, joining me. Stay tuned to Health and Living, BFM 89.9. 
Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Shao Ik, and my guests, neurosurgeon Professor Damendra Ganesan, rehabilitation physician, associate professor Dr. Anwar Suhaimi, and senior physiotherapist Noor Shahira binti Abdul Halim. We're discussing neck pain today, and it's the show where you can ask your questions. So you can call us at 03-7733-2900. You can send a voice note or text message to 018 or tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, we've got some questions coming in, but um, while they're typing, Damendra, um, your you know you deal with the surgery end of the spectrum, uh, the neurological aspects. Um, I think my question for you, and please add on if there's anything else you'd like to highlight. But um, when I guess would surgery be indicated? What do you tell patients about? You know, if they need surgery, and what? can they expect out of it? Okay. Yeah. So, um, you see, 80% of the time, patients do not need any intervention. And and yet, neck pain is a common symptom. And the, the reason for having this, this neck wellness program uh, as a public forum is is to educate the public on how, how to go about reducing the incidence of, of the neck pain and how to go about managing it as it occurs. Now, Many of them get better with time. There's no need to do anything. Now, the 20% of the patients who, who may progress and develop nerve compression that, that causes the pain to be more persistent, as well as neurological problems like weakness, numbness, and even bladder bowel problems or gait problems. Now, those patients perhaps would need operation. And when you talk about neck problems, I would say 80% of the problem is is degenerative spinal problems. That, that, that's what it is, right? And for conditions like this, the timing for surgery is, is key because it, it's, it's a wear and tear problem. It's an aging thing. As you age, everybody gets wear and tear. So it's degeneration. It's not a disease. It's just a progression of, 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 of nature, right? Now, the timing to intervene is so important. And over the years, right, surgical strategies have changed dramatically. And I would say it is current time point, apart from freeing the nerve that is being pinched by the structures, there's also this move to maintain mobility of the neck, right? Because that's that's the function of the neck, to move. I mean, in, in the past, we used to fix it with ironmongery, with screws and rods and all, so it doesn't move. So when it doesn't move, it's not going to be painful anymore. But the shift now is towards what they call as motion-preserving surgery, right? You, you, you tackle the problem, at the same time, keep the spine mobile and there are devices like cervical disc replacement which is one of the most common problems right cervical disc prolapse like one of the listeners just highlighted so by doing this particular operation you maintain motion so i think that's that, that's another thing i want to impart so for patients who eventually or for any reason need an operation motion preserving surgery is something that 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 they should be seeking out there right mm-hmm. yeah um the prognosis is good excellent prognosis i mean the risk for for spine surgery, for degenerative spinal disease, right? I would say the, the, the most harrowing sort of complication is actually paralysis of the arms and legs because anything that happens in the neck affects the arms and the legs. And that the, the, the risk of that happening from a spine surgery this day and age is perhaps less than 0.1% mm-hmm. because of the techniques that we use. We use microscope and nerve monitoring devices as we do the operation. So it's, it's a safe operation if... Like I said, every operation has got risk and benefit. If, if there's a need to do it, 
the, the, the risk profile of the operation at this day and age is actually quite safe. Mm. Gone are the days of the, yes. the screws and the, the rods. Yeah. Um, there are people still doing it, but what I'm saying is um, the, the, the patients have to be a bit more discerning. I mean, the information all out there and general practitioners should be able to help the patient decide on some of these things apart from just the treating physician. All right. Uh, we have a few questions here. Pillows, um, you know, what type of pillows should we be using? How will that affect the neck when we sleep? I'm looking at Dr. Anwar. <laughs> we have questions on pillows and mattresses. and uh, The mattress is an easy one because you have to share it with someone. So hopefully, whatever your choices of mattress would be something appealing to your bad partner. <laughs> but pillows no, is a bit I'm difficult. I'm only concerned with myself. <laughs> <laughs> so pillows, essentially, is meant to support the neck. And if you look at different cultures across the world, you have people, you know, the Japanese-style pillows, and then you have got different things to fill in your pillows, etc., etc. At the end of the day, it's meant to be supportive. And you know it's not supportive if you wake up the next day with your head looking, you know, southbound and your body looking elsewhere, and you have the neck pain. So general guide is... Um, you have to give it a try, all right? Um, that I don't know whether you can have a scheme of testing the pillow first before buying it, but that doesn't work. So no. I would say the pillows are generally meant to cover the height or the distance between your head and the shoulder, and it should be supportive enough to hold that position overnight. Is there a guideline? So when you change pillows, not found one yet, mm. um, the guide will be yourself. And, and at the end of the day, whether pillows should be a big part of your um, regime of neck problem, or neck, rather neck maintenance, you probably spend just about five to six, maximum eight hours in your bed, unless you work in bed the whole day as well. <laughs> so that will be another discussion altogether. Now, so most of your times, you're up and about in your desk, in your car, you know, walking around. That's probably the most significant amount of time. So I don't think the discussion of pillows should take up a big hole on your pocket just to get the exactly right, right one. Yeah, but, yeah. but from my point of view, uh, normally if pillow, uh, I would like to uh, advise patient to not to have a very hard one because sometimes uh, if your pillow is too hard, your neck will bend forward so much. So it will not maintain a normal curvature of the spine. If it's too like too soft, it will bend backward so much also. Mm. So it's not a normal curvature of the spine. So it must be uh, maybe in between. Sometimes we advise memory foam pillow as well. Mm. Uh, but normally the patient uh, said it will work for them. All right. Uh, okay. Finding that Goldilocks pillow, right? <laughs> we have a caller on the line. Hello, Paul. You have a question. Hi, Xiaoyi, and hello, experts. Um, I got a, a couple of queries. One is, how about referred pain, pain from the lower back and then manifesting in the neck? That's one question I have. Um, the other one is, you know, when you go to the barber, the guy rotates your head and then he goes, crack, crack, you know, he kind of does that kind of magic. Um, how do you, what do you, what do you advise about that kind of massage or chiropractic kind of behavior? Thank you very much. Thanks, Paul. We'll address it on air. Um, yeah, and we had, Two other people asking about the neck cracking as well. Perhaps okay. we, let's do the neck cracking first. I, I would say strictly no neck. In fact, many of the Indian barbers don't do it anymore. I, I, you know, when I was a kid, I used to see them doing it like left, right and center. <laughs> now they do not do that anymore because they are well aware. Not only you, you, your spine is a jeopardy, it's also your carotid artery. Yes. I mean, there are cases when they crack the neck, the carotid artery tears internally and yes. that can actually cause stroke. Mm. So that is strictly a no-no. I mean, neck massages at the back, by all means, go in and do it. Yeah, not a problem. But this question about referred pain from the back to the neck. 
Not common, to be honest, but the other way around from the neck, having some pain down the leg is possible because the impulses come from the brain through the neck to the, to, to the low back and the legs, but not, not the other way around most of the time. So you, you can have neck issues with leg problems, but very rare to get a back problem with a neck issue. Mm. Anything you'd like to add to that? I think, you know, in rehab practices in, in physio, we've abandoned neck manipulation. So safe to say, if we've abandoned it, there must be a very strong reason. And I think Damendra has quite succinctly highlighted mm-hmm. it. So no matter how good it feels, just don't do it. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to poke a little bit at that one because a lot of people um, see chiropractors um, for relief of uh, all sorts of, um, I think, musculoskeletal and joint issues, right? So then how do we know what's safe and what's not? The essence of neck pain or rather neck wellness as I think what Shaira and Damendra has said you have to be whatever treatment you seek whatever pillows you try to do or whatever cracking or whatever it is at the end of the day you need to be consistent in certain habits certain lifestyle changes neck these degenerative changes in the neck which is one of the common reasons why you get neck pain doesn't happen overnight it's the years and years of wear and tear small micro traumas add on together to cause that one tear and that's it you get that prolapse so you can very well choose whatever um, treatment that you feel is uh, has evidence mm-hmm. you know and it's cred- uh, credible um, you but the thing is don't fall for short-term relief so for example the neck cracking it feels good yeah you feel you know psychologically you feel that you know why does it feel good I have no idea. <laughs> no, because it breaks the spasm. You see, when, when you have pain, right, the muscles become tight. So when, when they crack the neck, they break the spasm. And, and that makes the relief. Because th- there's so many elements. The pain is coming from the muscle, the joint, the, the nerve. So when you crack it, the muscle pain goes away. So you feel like, you know, 60% better, but the next day it'll come back. Immediate right? relief. Yeah. By come yeah. Back. yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's quickly look at this one. Um, Leng again, uh, with uh, back pain and neck pain, both at the same spot every year or so, they can be resolved by going to the acupuncturist and physiotherapist. Could it be a deeper problem since it happens in the same spot, the pain feels the same? Uh, sometimes it is quite bad uh, once my neck could not turn. Very interesting question. Actually, you see, we... we we, we all have bits of creatures, right? I mean, you, you, you do your physio, you get back to normal, and then you, 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 you fall back to your same posture, same position. You drive the same distance to work. You know, your, you, if your chair is bad, it's going to be bad. So there's a chance that all of it will come back. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, the key, what, what I want to impress upon everyone today is, right, that the spine and neck in particular is a very pliable structure, and it's made for that function. And as it becomes stiff, it, it will develop problems. Right. So the idea is to keep it pliable and to do that is stretching. I mean, exercises like yoga, tai chi, they do wonders for the, for the spine. Right. It only, not only does it stretch, it also strengthens the core muscles. So when you strengthen your core muscle, you offload your, your, your weight mm. against the bony part of the spine. Right. So if your muscles are strong, you take off some of the weight. The bones do not undergo degeneration as fast as they should. The whole idea is to is to slow the pace of, of degeneration. That, that, that's what we're all working towards. And, you know, ancient science has said that. I mean, Tai Chi, Yoga, people were doing it for years. And, and that, that, that's actually, it's actually very useful for, 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 for the entry spine. Yep. That's really, really valuable advice there. Um, I think this one is a bit of a cautionary one. 
Uh, someone who had a slip disc on L5-S1 20 years ago went to the chiropractor back then who twisted, cracked my neck, caused pain up until today. Um, I recently did a radio frequency ablation on my spine, but there was a complication where I had a dura tear and a neurosurgeon had to do a blood patch. Recently, I had an unbearable pain from the front of my thigh traveling down. Um, first question is, which specialty should look at my condition? How frequently can I do the RFA? Uh, last one I did was a year ago. And would surgery be recommended? Quite an interesting question. You know why? He's mentioned all the things I wanted to say they shouldn't do. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so I think that question... Uh, that, that statement by the listener has actually said everything. Mm. You see, I, I feel you've got, you've got two options here, right? Conservative treatment with regards to physiotherapy, occupational therapy, and so on. And then you've got the grey zone as what the listener has undergone from, 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 from stretching or chiropractor sort of manipulating the spine. You see, if, if the spine has got no pathology whatsoever, there's no nerve being pinched, you can do whatever you want. You can go for a Thai massage. They can swing you three, four times up and down. Nothing will happen to you. Mm -hmm. But if there is something wrong, a crack like that can actually pinch the nerve even more and cause further harm. And after that, go for an injection. When, when the canal is very narrow, an injection can actually hurt the nerves. So, so some of these things are overrated a bit, if you ask me, because they are, they are procedures where they inject pain relief and they give a bit of steroids to cut down inflammation. And, and is that what, what you need? Because you're looking at a more intermediate and long-term solution, not just a short-term solution. And as a consequence of that, what has happened is it suffered a tear to the lining mm. because of that. So that's a complication of the procedure. And you had to do treatment for that, which wasn't your problem in the first place. So, so this is my point, right? I mean, some of these treatments have got issues, right? And the science for it, to be honest, is not very strong. It's very sporadic, yeah. right? So, so, so they've got to be careful with this. And, 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 and whoever is doing the, the, the treatment should be able to manage the complication. It doesn't matter whether neurosurgeon or orthopedic surgeon. So in that particular case, you can see either one of them. Mm, all right. Another one, and I think I'm going to have to make this the last one before we wrap up. Um, 30 years ago, I had a headache from behind my ears to both sides of my head, was diagnosed with C6, C7 disc prolapse. Um, I'm just going to summarize it a little bit. <laughs> After some recommendations of interventions, which our listener did not follow, uh, one doctor suggested just try to roll a thin towel and sleep on it as a pillow. Voila, my neck pain problem has been solved. <laughs> so that's your Goldilocks pillow after all. <laughs> Another very good point, you yes. know. I always say the body can repair. So this clearly is a problem of muscle sprain. The, the MRI or whatever the patient had that showed the C6, C7 disc was just a red herring. That wasn't the problem in the first place. Yeah. So the, the clinical correlation is paramount here. Do, do not go and jump onto the wrong, wrong issue. I mean, the issue was just a simple muscle sprain mm. and that, that roll of towel made, did the job, yeah. right? And, and you're right, right? There's a bit of an over-reliance on the uh, imaging, on the X-ray yes. or MRI. So we keep telling our patients that we don't treat X-rays. We yes. treat the patient. Yes. <laughs> um, one just squeaked in. I'll let them have this. Uh, Shahira, is dry needling good for... Uh, or can it oh. provide pain relief? But I think this one... Prof. Anna should take the question <laughs> because he's the one doing that. <laughs> okay, so dry needling, I think a lot of people probably have had some experience or know what it's all about. It's mainly to address muscle spasms. 
Okay, so if the cause is muscle spasms, it's something that is, can be done quick and easy, relatively pain-free, doesn't need too much of equipment, it works if it's muscle. If it's beyond that, then we'll have to work on other things like improving your posture and etc. etc. Mm. So importantly, just to um, get the right um, professional yep. to, to find the source of it first, Correct. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Damendra, maybe I could end with you to just tell us, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the Neck Wellness Forum and how they can attend. Right. Yeah, as, as you've heard today, right? I mean, neck pain is a common problem. Not pain in the neck, huh? neck pain. Uh, uh, so, so it, it We occur- can't do anything about those pain. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you heard it, right? The annual prevalence rate is almost 50%. I think, I think every one of us have it one point or the other. So, the, so because I see this problem so commonly these days, I feel that there is a role for prevention, Right. And, and particularly when our job demands are so high, many of us are sedentary in front of the desk and these things are common. So I think we, we, we together, yeah, the rehab department and, my, and myself, uh, the neurosurgical unit, have decided to put a public forum to discuss some of the things we, we spoke about today. We call it the Neck Wellness Forum, which is going to happen on the, uh, uh, this Saturday, right, on the 19th at 10.30 to, to 12. It's an online forum via Zoom. And if you want to register for it, you can go onto this website, neckwellness.my, mm-hmm. neckwellness.my, and you, and you can fill up the form. And it's an, you know you, you, you can sit leisurely with your drink and watch the show. Mm-hmm. All right. In good posture, I hope. In good yes. posture. <laughs> neckwellness.my, that's where you go to find out more details and how to register for this online uh, Zoom forum. Professor Damendra Ganesan, Associate Professor Dr. Anwar Suhaimi and Noor Shahira Binti Abdul Halim joining me today to discuss neck problems and how to prevent them. This has been Health and Living BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the VFM app.